Welcome to the Dave Chang Show, part of the Ringer Podcast Network, presented by Major Dillon Media. Thank you, Yola Tango, as always. I have uh, a few things mm-hmm. to talk about. We're, we're probably going to save this parking lot garage conversation for another day, mm-hmm. but I had a lot of uh, moments this past week. So we're going to talk a little bit about tipping. And we're going to get into something that you know wants to call face-off, mm-hmm. but um, I think it's the NFL draft just happened. We're going to try to create the perfect chef or this fantasy game. And then we're going to get into a new thing <laughs> called the best, most essential, hottest, sexiest, crispiest, juiciest, must try restaurants in Los Angeles. Woo! Did I get it right? <laughs> you got it. You the got best. It. Most essential, hottest, sexiest, crispiest, juiciest, must-try restaurants in your town. Yeah. For us, it's Los Angeles. We're going to definitely try to do this in New York, and who knows? Who knows where else? But we have to, we, right, right away, we've got to use this the way that it's supposed to be used. So if you at home want to know <laughs> the best, most essential, hottest, sexiest, crispiest, juiciest, must-try restaurants in Los Angeles, you've got to stick around for the rest of the podcast. Exactly. <laughs> and click this link. <laughs> um, so, I, I, I'm trying to avoid the touchy subjects on this, but tipping mm-hmm. and cash. I'm not trying to talk about cash in and of itself. Should you be all cash, all credit card? I'm simply talking about in a world where everything is more electronic, there is not yet, we, we, are, we have skipped the step here about how you're supposed to potentially tip in situations where you still need cash. Mm-hmm. And it provides for some awkward moments. And for example, um, I was at a conference in Beverly Hills. The conference was paid for, uh, paid for the valet. Um, I was like, great. But I, don't ha- I never carry cash anymore. Almost never. Right. Even this is how much it's changed. Beginning of the pandemic, farmers markets, most, a lot of them took, didn't take credit cards. Now all take credit cards. Yes. I would always have to go pick up cash before I would go to a farmer's market. Now I never have to. That's like my benchmark of how much things have changed just in three years. So I leave the conference. I do my thing. Give a talk. uh, You know, change a lot of lives. I thought. (laughs) Of course, of course. Kissed some babies, shook yeah. some hands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I you know, had to get home early to to look after the kids. Grace is gone. So I was in a hurry. And I have to drive across town. And it dawned on me, I'm getting the look like, where's my tip? Mm-hmm. Here's the problem. Venmo is not quick enough. And I don't have Venmo. <laughs> Two problems. I don't Venmo. even know how to sign up for Venmo. Right. That's the problem. I never have cash ever. Yes. We recently cashed in our, we took the kids to the bank to, to empty the piggy bank, literal piggy bank that we had. And it occurred to me, I have not contributed to this piggy bank in four years. Cause I've simply never had cash or change. Don't in worry, my it's pocket. all your cash anyway. <laughs> no so cash. They're, 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 they're situations. So let's just go over some of them. I'm sure there are more of them, but clearly hotel, uh, valet. So the hotel one is they're bringing your luggage up. Like this has happened in Taiwan. I'm jet lagged. I'm not even thinking straight. I haven't changed any currency. And the problem is in Asia, everything is seamlessly online on your phone. Mm-hmm. You don't really need to change cash at all, except when you go to a night market. So because I'm, I hate carrying cash and I hate the extra cash. I try to never change cash anymore, ever. So I did it. But because I was American, I think that they don't do this for other guests that are not from America. It was almost like waiting. Where's my tip? Uh huh. I don't think that happens for non-Americans. There was just a fraction of a second, like no, but it's unmistakable. It is a. It's the tip wait. It's the expectation pause for sure. Looking especially for, it. for Americans abroad, but a lot of times. I, I I appreciate the hospitality, right? 
In fact, I had to do this when I worked at Jackson Hole Resort Lodging. I was like the valet, bringing suitcases up and all that stuff. I don't remember getting tipped, right? Maybe that's my fault because I, I should have asked. <laughs> you just ran out the door as soon as possible. But um, I think that's an awkward situation. It almost always is an awkward situation. Like, wait, and how much are you supposed to give? Right. Well, that putting putting how much aside, it is the... It's not about whether you want to tip or not. It's just, we have forgotten. You're right. Society has moved into this full electronic mode where, I mean, how often do you think you run into this thing where you're like, oh shit. All the time. (laughs) And I look like an asshole more than normal. No, I mean like I am an asshole, but now I look like an asshole. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I was just very frustrated about this. We need to figure out a system that better manages this because the world is going more and more cashless for the most part, but there's situations where you definitely need cash. I mean, we can we can try, but did you see how Apple's putting out a new key like to protect your data and your passwords and your hard drive? We've gone full I circle. I have that key already. It's my mind. <laughs> no, no, no. We've <laughs> gone full circle from memorize the password to password manager to what if there was some sort of physical object you had to stick into a slot and turn to unlock your thing? They're putting out a key. So what you're talking about is we can go we can go through the motions of this, but you're going to be like, we need some kind of token, uh, some sort of a thing that we yeah. can just carry around and and give to people that represents money. And you know what? What about let's get rid of tokens. Let's yeah, do I, paper bills. I'm not going to just we're going do, full circle. You know, some kind of digital transaction over my phone. I don't know how to do that. You know, <laughs> maybe you should become one I of feel these. Feel like in my spirit animal, I'm one of those. 65 years uh, and up that's really torn that Tucker Carlson's not on Fox News anymore. Like That's like my demographic. It, my, it is It is like an... I my mean, misanthropic level. <laughs> I was just thinking about this. So the other place, you know, you go to some event, a wedding, whatever, it's an open bar or bar situation and you have to tip. The only time I'm ever prepared is when I'm at like a family gathering with my parents and I want to go get a drink, I have to go to my mom and say, do you have any cash? I yeah, what is, the, yeah what is the protocol? Open bar is another one. Open bar. Awesome. At a wedding. Mm-hmm. At a wedding, open bar. I'm not trying to stiff anybody, but I'm forgetful of like cash. Oftentimes, the open bar, guess what I'm doing? I'm leaving my wallet and everything at the hotel <laughs> for good reason. Right. Blackout, Dave. Yeah. It's not going to remember his wallet. Sure. No it cash. has happened. I got you. I've woken up in San Francisco before <laughs> not knowing where the hell I was. It's <laughs> a whole nother story. So like, no, you don't, I don't want to leave valuables. Valuable being my, my wallet lost <laughs> license of money. So like, I, I, the other thing of the open bar is sometimes they have the tip jar. Sometimes they don't. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sometimes if I do and I see that no one is tipping, I'll leave a 20 $20 or whatever, thinking that they'll remember me next right. time I come back right. and there's a line and they're going to like pick me out like some VIP person. <laughs> I don't give a fuck. No matter what denomination you put down, they don't fucking care. You know what I mean? Right. They're just like, they don't remember They're not going to see you again. They it's have an no open idea. bar. They're they using have... the open bar as diplomatic immunity to be like, fuck you. Yeah. And what are you going to do? You're going to be like, no, no, no. Talk to the manager. 20 guy. <laughs> <laughs> Let me talk to the manager. <laughs> I'm not getting my free change (laughs) fast enough. This guy's giving me dirty looks. This is not okay. I gave him $20 earlier. Now you can't do anything about it. No. So I, I, what are you supposed to do? I think we need to go back to carrying cash, (sighs) but small, you're going to carry a wad of small bills. So when I go to the cosmopolitan Mm -hmm. in Las Vegas, partly too, because of my, gambling prowess mm. they send a nice card they send me a car to pick me up at the airport mm-hmm. it's great because i never have cash i'm always like oh shit <laughs> always and i'm like i know that they're getting big tips mm-hmm. i look i think there's nothing you can do about it a casino is a great situation though because you've got all these chips there sometimes so easy I've used this excuse to them. I, I was like, I literally have lost everything. <laughs> <laughs> I've lost I have no everything. money. Not all even I- a 50 cent chip. 
I'm so sorry. Right. And they say, I'm picking you up at the airport for your arrival, though, sir. I've <laughs> lost everything. Hey, let me ask you a question. If you were a, let's say you were a, uh, uh, a pianist, a bar, a bar pianist. Is that what it's called? Just somebody who plays piano at a, at a bar and you were setting your tip jar out. What would you seed yours with? What's the ideal amount of money to like the number of bills you would seed your tip jar with so that people know to give you money? I mean, it looked like magic Mike in there. <laughs> you just fill it to the brim with yeah. once, but you don't want to indicate you've got everything you need already. No, I'm just like, look how good I am. Right. It's a pe- I'm peacocking to everyone else. I'm like, what's the biggest bill you throw in there? You throw a hundo in there. I mean, next time I'm at an open bar. I'm going to test this theory. We should actually do this as a sociological experiment. Right. Dropping $100 at an open bar, <laughs> do you get more soigné VIP service? <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Vital Farms. No matter how you like your eggs scrambled, over easy, or sunny side up, the people at Vital Farms believe in one thing, keeping it bullshit free. That's why their pasture-raised eggs come from hens who each have over 108 square feet of space to roam and forage all year round. So you can spend less time questioning your food and more time enjoying it. Look for Vital Farms in your grocery store and learn more at vitalfarms.com. Vital Farms, keeping it bullshit free. This episode is brought to you by Pure Leaf Iced Tea. Great iced tea takes you somewhere else like new pure leaf blackberry iced tea that we have here at the Spotify studios and drink quite a bit where unexpectedly blackberry flavor transports you to a berry delicious place. So refreshing you may never want to leave. You will eventually have to though, but take your time. Try new pure leaf blackberry iced tea. Visit amazon.com slash pure leaf and enter 20 pure leaf. That's 20 pure leaf for 20% off your purchase of new pure leaf Blackberry iced tea. <laughs> I just like my head is like that's too big of a gamble, man. What if he doesn't remember I know. at all? I know. How how offended, how frustrated will you be to put a hundred dollar bill in there and then kind of try to sidle up to the bar and cut the line just for them to be I'm, to say, it'll be the opposite me, sir. of tips for Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, if I were if I were running the piano. I might throw a hundo. I, just, I want to value myself. Throw a couple of hundos in there. Another issue I have now with not having enough cash or just tipping in general is all of these iPad things where you get a cup of coffee, six mm. bucks, 10, 20, 30, or you don't even have an option sometimes. Mm. Remember the percentage gratuity yeah. added on. Yeah, yeah. Or it's a it's a dollar, two dollars. They already do the percentage for you. <laughs> I sometimes. I, I, I'm just being honest here, guys. So don't fucking fuck you, Dave. If I buy a cup of coffee and they pour it out of a spigot thing mm-hmm. and there's nothing and it's $6.50, mm-hmm. am I an asshole if I only choose a dollar tip on $6.50? When, in theory, that should just be baked into the price. I'm not getting into tipping here. I'm just saying the situation, right? Or do you do $2? Or is it $3? My. (laughs) This is real life shit. I know. I'm just, I'm trying to be careful not to get in trouble with my friends at Go Get Em Tiger, where I have my subscription. I, um, I abide by college bar rules. When I'm at a coffee shop, which is $1 per drink. <laughs> I'm sorry, but it's a, that's a dollar for any drink. It's a dollar for a little nose. You cheap fuck. It's not like, give me the, oh, you have that and go get them. Can I get the well coffee? It's exactly let me get that well that. coffee. Literally, it's the well coffee. It's in a pop of vodka <laughs> bottle. Yeah, let me get that shit. What kind of coffee do you want? Whatever's in the well. <laughs> so like, like for example, go get them. I saw, I'm in the daily subscription model mm-hmm. that I pay for every cup of coffee and drink. I go you're, get them. You're, you're not in the subscription model. You're in the coffee to coffee at least. Model. I'm in trying to give go get them coffee as much money as possible. Right. Right. Now, <laughs> they, I, I saw Noel last week drinking this extremely 
refreshing. Hmm. Matcha, ice matcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, where did you get that? She's like, oh, they have it there. I was like, shit, gotta try that. And all they did was, could I order a matcha lot ice latte? Turn around. Pour it out like of a, it. one of those cafeteria spigots. Here you go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> $6.50, I think. And I'm like... Well, you didn't underneath the counter where you think there's just a keg of matcha. There's actually a little Japanese guy with a whisk making the matcha and pouring it up the but thing. But here's the thing. At a dollar, it's still not 20%. I know. But at two, it's like 30%. I, I, I know. I, here's the hypocrisy for me. I know, know things need to be more expensive. I want to tip everyone out. Is it okay to be contradictory? I want to support that simultaneously. I'm like, fuck you. It, hurt. it just <laughs> it hurts. Sucks. It hurts. It hurts. <laughs> it hurts. It hurts. It sucks. That's why you got I'm not die. saying fuck you like that. I'm just like, fuck you to the idea of everything. No, to the system that has created this, this problem. Now, now I, I, I like to, since I am a armchair mathematician, goodwill hunting, right? I don't want to solve problems in the middle. Let's take it to the extreme because then we can answer everything else. Sure. That's where the field's medals are. Yes. Yes. <laughs> The field's cookie metal. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get you a little ribbon with a cookie on it. Edible. Edible horn. Let's just say at Go Get Em Coffee mm-hmm. or any coffee bar, I buy a $1,000 cup of coffee. God damn. Yeah. Okay. Right? Well, fuck. Why not? I've already. Theoretically. I mean, I've already I'm, put out. I've already. Just before you put your system out there. I've already put a theorem out there in a system <laughs> that would solve for this. It's called the college bar model, but go ahead. We got like Ralph Nader and his flat tax over here. <laughs> One dollar on a thousand dollars. Hey man, don't break the rule. So now it's a thousand dollars. So here's the problem, the dilemma. This is where things get complicated. If you're the kind of asshole that can spend a thousand dollars, who gives a fuck if you give them another 200 bucks? Mm-hmm. You're a rich asshole. Just give them 200 bucks. Sure. 20%. 25%, 250 bucks, including the 9% sales tax <laughs> from LA, et cetera, et cetera. It starts that up. So now that's a hundred, no, no, 1400 bucks is basically what you're paying. Sure. <laughs> <sighs> it, 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 I, you know, so I what are you supposed to do? I, are I, you I, doing Chris Ying? Here's a dollar. You know, what is the arbitrary amount of money? It was like, that's that's sufficient for a tip. So we've already established that you're a rich asshole. And if you're paying $1,000 for a cup of coffee, what's another 400 as tip and tax and all that? I think what you're driving at is, hey, rich assholes have feelings too. (laughs) No, I just want to know, like, what's the right amount, you know, in terms of the tip? Well, this is an interesting model. Like, this is specifically, and it's not, I mean, this, in this hypothetical. We already know you're. you're no, 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 I know, I know, I know. I'm not, I'm not tipping a dollar on a thousand dollar cup of coffee. But this. Two dollars. Two dollars. <laughs> I mean, that's double, guys. That is 200% my normal tip. I think that this is a real scenario in a lot of ways too, right? I, without getting the specifics, you can, it can require the same amount you of service. The same people on Discord that freaked out about a $50,000 meal. They're, gonna, like, <laughs> they're losing their minds already. They're losing so their triggered. minds. Like people, I, I feel like I have lost a great deal of uh, goodwill in my college bar model, but I'm saying this is a real thing, right? It takes the same amount of effort for the barista to turn around and pour the coffee out as they would from the $1,000 spigot. They might even accidentally put it from the $4 spigot. On wine, this is, again, why beverage sales are so important to restaurants. $100 food check versus $100 wine. There's a lot of effort that went into the food. There is a tremendous amount of effort that goes into the $100 bottle of wine from the, 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 the farming, harvesting, fermentation, etc. But, like, there's a sense of, oh, they're opening this bottle. It's this. It's the sort of the... I mean, could I even say, could I even say this though? In that scenario, in the restaurant, if you're the type of person who's going to walk in to buy the thousand dollar bottle of wine, I actually bet you get, you're requiring less service and hospitality as, hey, I'm on a budget. Could you help me find a $30 bottle of wine? I like this and this and this. The person giving you, pouring you the $30 might've put a lot more into that. There's a certain price threshold for people that don't care, right? The the, the the 10, 000, the, you know, when I say thousand dollars, guess what? That's like sort of a cheap bottle of wine. It's for a actually lot of like twelve thousand yeah. dollars, and it's just 
scan the list for the most expensive one. Oh yeah, let me get, let me get all. Let's open these up. Blah 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 blah. Uh, we're not talking about that because you're just price insensitive at that point. You don't care, right? These are rounding errors for you. Who gives a shit? But for everyone else, I think that does matter. So now going to a different tipping conundrum. If I go and pick up the food, mm. so I don't ha- say so I can save money. Do I still tip? Well, this I mean, this has long been debated, right? If you go in, you pick up the money from mom and pop shop X, that's just family owned, and the tip was going to go to the general mom and pop who are also cooking in the back. Yes. Right? Like you want to support them in that way. But what you're supposed to be tipping for is the service you receive sitting down, hospitality, washing dishes. I'm even talking about a restaurant that is only like, for the most part, takeaway. Mm. Mm. Right? So there's all of this delivery services, and it's oftentimes cheaper if you pick it up. So what's the, I'm just saying, what's the point of me actually picking it up if I have to pay for the delivery anyway? Right? I have to pay for the delivery yeah. anyway. Yeah, I got you. I got you. Well, this is, I think the, I think what you just said earlier as this is a, a conundrum is the whole thing, right? Because there are undoubtedly people screaming at their, whatever, speakers, phones, CD players, however you listen to this podcast right now, who are hardliners, always tip, no matter what. I'm, but now 20% is not enough. Right. And now I think that if I tip 20%, I know like they're like, oh, fucking. and part of me is like, I have a problem. Mm-hmm. I want to help, but simultaneously, I'm like, that's a lot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. $9 for a fucking <laughs> glass of water effectively with matcha in it. It's a lot. Glass of water with matcha. We're not baristas here, people. <laughs> we don't know how these things are made. I feel you. I, it's 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 a lot to it's a lot to swallow, and it's. I mean, I feel like an asshole, but it's like the true feeling. Yeah, we're just talking about it. It's just nobody wants. To, everyone has these thoughts. So if you're getting all bothered, just chill out. Like everyone has these kinds of thoughts. By you the, just never expressed them out loud on a podcast. <laughs> by the way, for anybody who is angry, having spent a lot of time with you. You fucking overtip everywhere we go. <laughs> Just so you know, like if, before you get mad at Dave, the fucking guy tips everywhere. <laughs> like it's just a feeling and a thought. But every time expressed. it's a process in my mind that, like, yeah, every time, uh, right, <laughs> right. I know, I know. So, and the other thing, I the conclusion I've come to is, I'm going to have to start carrying cash because I can no longer be an asshole. This I'm is, tired of being put in positions where I look like uh, like an asshole more than I normally am. Mm-hmm. You should become one of those uh, one of those people who doesn't give out cash but has like, here's a sample of my cologne I make. <laughs> I mean, the other day too, um, at this conference, somebody was like trying to exchange information, mm-hmm. and they just boop 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 on my phone. I'm like, who told who, you who, to do that? <laughs> what the fuck? I know. I, I don't know how to do this shit. I know. Do people know how to do this shit? Yeah. Some young people can boop boop. Anyway, let's take a break. Apple Card is the perfect cash back rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co forward slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch, subject to credit approval, terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Vital Farms. No matter how you like your eggs scrambled, over easy, or sunny side up, the people at Vital Farms believe in one thing, keeping it bullshit-free. That's why their pasture-raised eggs come from hens who each have over 108 square feet of space to roam and forage all year round. So you can spend less time questioning your food and more time enjoying it. Look for Vital Farms in your grocery store and learn more at vitalfarms.com. Vital Farms, keeping it bullshit-free. So the very first time I used the internet <laughs> was the this weekend time, in 1999. Yeah. 1999 to go to ESPN.com to follow the NFL draft. And it was like line by line, like, and you would get like an update. Mm-hmm. 
And I was mesmerized because I loved the NFL draft for whatever reason. I'm one of those idiots. And you have all of these analysts, you know, predicting who might be the best player, et cetera, et cetera. And they're trying to combine the best teams, et cetera, et cetera. I don't, I don't want to do the best chef team, right? Mm-hmm. That's been done. Like, give me your top five lineup. So inspired by that, I thought, and also with uh, Gabby and Yuno you know, being huge fans of Face Off, right? I guess Gabby watched the Nicolas Cage, oh my God, John Travolta classic. I didn't watch it. It's too scary. You didn't watch Face Off for real? No. No, because I scary. didn't want to watch someone rip no, no, off no, their no, face. No, 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 no. Listen, as somebody who has a identical movie taste match I, with I get you, you, I hear you, but that's the reason why I never watched it. And it's not like I've ever watched the synopsis, read the synopsis <laughs> for Face Off from what I originally gathered, other than they have, you know, it takes, you know, there's, their faces get like cut out and put onto each other. What's his name? Caster Troy? Yeah. You're going to love this movie. If I could swap out certain things with other chefs, mm. what would they be? If you could Frankenstein a perfect chef. Yeah. Not perfect, but for me. And for you, it's like, if you were going to be No, a let's chef, just build one. Let's build one together. All right. Do you... Okay, so just a quick question before we get into it, though. Part of... Is the... How much... Are we considering, like, raw skill and ability here? Because part of the NFL draft thing is always... Oh, so and so was a you know four year starter and won two national champ. They have like pedigree achievement on the field. So is it about that or is it just raw skill abilities? I think we got to divide it into buckets. One is just sheer cooking ability technique. Okay. By the way, I'm sure we're gonna miss names. I'm sure people are gonna say, "I can't believe you didn't use that." Mm-hmm. Just mm-hmm. I'll just just say, shut the fuck up. <laughs> I mean, come on. Sure, sure. Theoretical game. <laughs> Just, yeah. I mean, that, theoretical game that I don't want to, I don't want to uh, let you peek behind the kimono as it was, but uh, we just talked about this five minutes before we started recording, yeah. so we don't have a ton of research here to work off of. So business, uh, I think you got to do business acumen. Okay. As well, because you, uh, in a chef, you have to. Skill, actual physical skill. Creativity is three. Separate from point of view, perspective. I think same. that's it. Same. same. Creativity. Okay. Voice. Voice. Fourth, I think because it's such a thing right now, let's put baking and sweets in a whole, like pastry. Oh, okay. Right. Okay. I know there's overlap and I'm, again, I'm sure people are being up in arms right now. Let me, okay. Raise your arms. Get angry. <laughs> God. Uh, so is there another category? Is there a space for sort of, I guess, I'm, 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 I guess what I'm saying is like knowledge or whether, whether scientific or historical knowledge, is that important here? Or does it fall under sort of just like technique and mastery? Technique and mastery. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So four categories. Four categories. We, I think we need a five, five to a player. Technique, skill, point of view, creativity. Business acumen, pastry ability, and I know what alumni. Oh yes, ability to produce like yeah. great talent after teaching teaching ability or transference of skills. All right, and I, I'm apologies, but I'm sure this is going to be extremely Eurocentric <laughs> to start. <laughs> Let's start with. Do you want to start with the biggest, most obvious one, the technique and skill mastery? Like debate a little bit about this? For me, it would be between Corey Lee and Pascal Bobo. Corey Lee of Bennu. Um, yes, we talk about him a lot, but I've known him forever. I've read, wrote his forward to his cookbook. You should read that. It's a great book to have. He's just been this like boogeyman in my life when I was younger. And now we're, we're close friends. I just think in terms of technical ability, he's like as good as of all time. I mean. But also not just 
so this was this was the thing I was going to get into here because his skill set and ability is pretty broad too. Yes, he can <laughs> do everything. Not, he's not just a master in one because we can, you know, you're you're we're going to write off a lot of people who are extremely adept at one very specific skill here. I do that because of the well-roundedness and the utility that he can have with just about anything. And he's a sponge. Pascal, simply because on sheer technique and talent, mm-hmm. you know. Um, Is there any arguments to be made for, in this category, thinking outside of the box a little bit, you've often talked about these chefs, or at least maybe like, let's throw a few of these names out there, of men and women who didn't, make it, it didn't become the great chef. They were like the greatest technical cooks who could just, you want running your kitchen, but didn't ever make the leap to their own spaces and spots. Well, there's spots tons of and those, like, and I, I don't know them, but we're talking about people that are, yeah. you know, out there already that have made the leap. And I can't think of anyone, if someone had to ask me, gun to my head, who's the most talented technique-wise execution chef in the world? I think it's Corey. I think it's Corey. Yeah. And I know there's people in Japan right now. I know, but I, I, I'm going within my universe right now. Okay. Um, it's like saying the best baseball player pre Otani. It's like, okay, I didn't know. <laughs> I didn't know that. See a separate, a separate conversation that we're going to have to have one day that was breaking down this whole category into its own. You know yeah. what I mean? Like meat cookery, grill yes. cooking, you know, you know, fish, who can improvise the best. Shit. Yeah. That'll be a good one too. If you wanted to put who can improvise the best, it's Pascal Barbeau. Mm-hmm. There's no, nobody even comes close. Mm-hmm. I mean, he does the impossible. So, um, business acumen. Uh, Nobu? Yeah, fucking man. <laughs> you apologize this was going to be Eurocentric, but we so far yeah. just picked two California based Asian chips. <laughs> Uh, Nobu Who, Nobu's transcended cuisine. Mm-hmm. He's I, I, I well, he's transcended in the sense that, like, I would wager. I think he's sitting on Mount Olympus. I think thirty or forty percent of people who visit or patronize a Nobu have no idea there's a man named Nobu. First of all, he's just the cool. So he's so cool. <laughs> he's so fucking cool. Yeah, I I, I mean. Is there anybody else in this conversation? There's a plenty, Ducasse and everything, but how he's done it, what he's done for me, this is not objective. This is my personal preference. I would love to have the business acumen and success of a Nobu Matsuhisa. He makes more money on that parking garage <laughs> at Malibu and, and Matsuhisa in Beverly Hills than like most restaurants do in two years, right? <laughs> it's for real. Mm-hmm. I am envious of... Simply of those two parking lots. Mm-hmm. I mean, of the restaurants, great. The fact that he can figure out how to get that goddamn parking lot money. <laughs> parking lot money is what you want. Was Master. Was, was Robichon on the short list? Hmm. This is going to get me in trouble. One of the greatest chefs of all time. I think he, what he did was different. He was able to systemize and turn three mission star dining into McDonaldization of it all. Like, it's not what I just said. Please don't think that's easy. What he did was, is on a whole nother level of difficult. It, it's like a deployment of cuisine around the world at the highest levels, executed perfectly and flawlessly. I cannot do that. No one. Ever, so he's amazing. But in terms of the business aspect. Mm-hmm. That's an execution skill. This is a business. So. I, I I just love that Nobu's done it. And I just love, it's not just the business. I think the personality and everything mm-hmm. I put into that. I Mainly because Nobu has zero fucks about anything food driven, media driven. He doesn't even do any of that. Zero. Right. I remember the year of James Beard, he was nominated for most outstanding chef. And I saw him in France because mm-hmm. he got some Legionnaire Award thing. And he was just so cool, man. I, so, I just loved him. And he was like, this is like 2007. He was like, I'm not going, man. I'm not going to that. <laughs> what is that going to do for me? He's like, why did I go to that? I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> so he just stands above everyone. I'm 
these are all great answers. I'm choosing Nobu for the sheer simplicity of it all. Yeah, it's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful model that he's created. He's the GOAT because it all stems from what Nobu, it's, it's, it is what it is. Masahiso, Nobu's all over the place. People love it. I love it. It's amazing. All right. Okay. Business acumen. The business of acumen of Nobu, the technique and mastery of Corey Lee. Mm. The I'd vo- also put to technique, maybe someone from Kyoto, like Seiji, Seiji Yamamoto, someone like that, who yeah, there's a lot of perfect technicians out there. But I'm gonna keep it here. The let's do voice and creativity perspective. I mean, there are the there there's are the so titans. There are the Titans, there are the Spanish brothers, the Adrias. Yeah. There's our boy Rene. Mm-hmm. I was sticking to that continent. I think like the ability to conjure things and to produce ideas. That's how I really look at it. To take an idea, whether it was yours or in the group, you take an idea from your imagination and you're able to make that a reality mm-hmm. and to do it at a high level of execution. That's how I would view this. In terms of uh, actual imagination and creativity, yeah, it's Wiley all day. Imagination it's Grant, and creativity. It's I, the Adria brothers. I like to I like to say just to throw Pastor a few Blumenthal. Throw a few in there. I think that um, from a different perspective of raw, wild, turn your dream into reality, Willy Wonka style. I think there's an argument made for like clarity of vision. I think that you have to throw Alice into this mix. We talked about that at length. I, Alice, point of view, undoubtedly, yes. Uh, I'd put Elena Arzak in there as well. I was well. going to say that too. Just And from like the lineage there of just seamlessly carrying into the future is pretty impressive. But for point of view, execution of ideas, I've seen this with my own eyes numerous times. And I have to say Renee. I think it's Renee. Because I, ha- you know, I've cooked with him, so I spend so much time with him. There have been many moments. I've seen him make a restaurant out of a dilapidated, destroyed horse barn. <laughs> when everyone else, I don't think of anybody. When I saw that, we were in um, Austria. I mean, I have seen it a lot. I've seen him do superhero acts before, but this one was, oh my God. I had never seen anything like I, There was no way I, I always come up with what would I have done? Not, uh, you know what we did? We put our fucking food in trees trying to make a joke of everything. <laughs> you know, we made it look as bad as humanly possible. Right. He does not joke in that way. Well, yeah, mine was a whole joke. <laughs> Which sometimes turn into their own very like profound statements, but dude does not go from that approach. And I it was also a statement because I was really mad with the situation that was given to me. So it was a protest. <laughs> it was a protest. <laughs> was a protest. Can I say another thing that in favor of, of Renee and some other people who are in, in his sort of position? He, when it comes to clarity of vision, again, I think Alice has it in spades. She was determined to do this one thing and she's incredible through the decades of just sticking to that vision. I think there are so many delicious things that get made in the Noma kitchen that get thrown yeah. away and edited out because they don't match the vision of the restaurant. It, this is, yeah. It's just not just about the food. It's the holistic nature of it all. And I, again, I, I'm sure I've talked about this before on this podcast, but um, he was with Gabriel Camara, um, a couple other chefs, and they turned venison loins into sushi or something like that. And they, they swapped out the rice or they made rice and they fixed it up. So it looked like a place in Japan without it being like an Austrian. If Austria was Kyoto, that's what it looked like. And it wasn't Japanese and it wasn't Austrian. It was something completely new. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And this was a strange event where all these journalists were going to these different, uh, like eating restaurants. Basically there were like six restaurants on property. I had clearly the worst one. Um, <laughs> and Renee's, I was like, what's going on? There was a person with a like uh, a board writing names down. There was, people were, in, uh, they were told to show up at a specific time, four at a time. 
they were given like uh, what, towels, the whole nine. And they sit down and they make this. They just made it. They just created this vision out of the clear blue sky. With like hay and shit everywhere. But it looked rustic. It looked beautiful. And that's when I was like, oh my God. I, I, what, what, what happened, I thought, was on a wholly different level. Yes, there were other chefs there. And that contributed to it. What Renee was able to do was take a bunch of ideas was it his only? No, but I've been with him enough to know exactly how that might work. And that that's why okay. I, I have to put him at the top. All right. There's Let's so see. many others. Vision and I'm not and trying creativity. to like alienate anybody here. No, I think vision and creativity, Renee. Let's do, a, let's do the wild. What did we say? We said pastry. And what's the other one we said? Alumni. Alumni. Here was another potential category, though, if we wanted to throw this in there. As you were talking, I was thinking... Hallmarks of a chef, sort of resourcefulness and scrappiness and making with do with what you've got is an interesting skill set too. I would say in probably five to 10 years for business acumen, you're going to put Kwame up there. Oh, yeah. Like, no doubt. Because he sees it. He sees it. <laughs> he sees the whole picture for sure. If you haven't been to Tatiana, not that anyone needs to know, but like, We've had him on several times on this pod, and each time he's like baking some new project. Yeah, he's gonna. He's he's. We didn't even know he was gonna open up a restaurant. I know, and he just did it. I know, KG. Uh, let's do pastry. <sighs> this is a controversial one for me, for a lot of people. There's so many great pastry chefs, including that one, that guy in Paris right now that does all those amazing things out of his pastry mm-hmm, store, Cedric. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love watching. That guy, that guy's the best. <laughs> I just want him to follow me on Instagram. <laughs> Dream a little smaller. Um, <laughs> my life will com- be complete if that happens. <laughs> That's all it That's takes all. now. <laughs> I'm choosing Claudia Fleming, former pastry chef of Gramercy Tavern. If you haven't had her cookbook, The Last Course, you should. The reason I say that is she is the most intuitive, soulful pastry chef that has ideas that were truly unique and are still being used today. And I was able to witness that too. And that's important. I'm clearly going to skew on things that I've seen. Mm-hmm. The entire list so far are because I have real data points. So apologies if I missed out on obvious candidates. Claudia Fleming to me is the most important, one of the most important chefs America's ever produced. You could almost argue you can put her on alumni, most important alumni, because almost every single pastry chef is of her lineage today. I I think that we should consider that. I think we should consider having her for alumni. Like just that knock-on effect is unbelievable. I like that. I like that notion of Claudia Fleming's alumni being her real strong suit. I agree. Incredible pastry chef. All right. We're going to put her to alumni and then we're taking that Cedric dude. <laughs> you're because like the- every time I see it, I was like, I want that shit. I want to eat that he shit. He wants this fucking Instagram follow yeah. so bad. He's willing to put you. No, but I, there's nothing I've watched on social media that I want more than anything that guy makes. I'm like, yeah, I want that. I know. I want that so badly. <laughs> I know. There's so many... I've skipped over so many pastry chefs. I know. Pastry's tough. I don't know him. He doesn't follow me. <laughs> this is a tough... Yeah, this. I mean, listen. I like this so far. I like the technique and skill of Corey Lee, the business acumen of Nobu Matsuhisa, the... Uh, In fact, that's pretty much all you would need. <laughs> the, vo- the voice and creative vision of Rene Redzepi, the uh, alumni and lineage of Claudia Fleming, and the pastry of that guy... <laughs> That guy's Cedric. That guy's Cedric. And if you're old enough, you'll know that if you're old enough, like my age, borderline Chris's age, you'll know that this is how G.I. Joe created Serpento. (laughs) 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 Taking the DNA and, and, you know. So you're sticking with the guy Cedric from Instagram as your pastry <laughs> chef. This is all very thoughtful until we got to I'm this. Thinking, I'm taking that dude. All right. Let's uh let's hear let's hear from people. That would be pretty sick if you had somebody that had all of that. Yeah. That's a true five tool player. 
And I mean, a very cute baby. <laughs> I mean, if someone was able to do all of that, my God. That's like Wembenyama shit. <laughs> yes, but it's, I don't know. I mean, that's the, the cool, that's how scouts must be looking at Victor Wembenyama, right? This seven foot three prodigy. They're like, oh my God, he can do literally every single thing. And if I was able to see, so imagine if you saw some person that had the pastry skills of of the dude Cedric, <laughs> you know the 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 ability to create alumni and legacy with Claudia Fleming, have the imagination and ability to produce ideas like Redzepi, the technique and craftsmanship of Corey, and I don't. He's like I don't need a business partner. I'm the motherfucker. <laughs> I am Voltron. <laughs> I am Serpentor. <laughs> yeah. That's a call for Cobra. I know. G.I. Joe. <laughs> All right. It's a, a joke. Break. Let's take a break. We're back. Uh, we have You Know Lee joining us, a.k.a. Isaac's replacement. <laughs> a.k.a. AKA, AKA, AKA Isaac after he eats a mushroom from Super Mario. <laughs> <laughs> Just joking, Isaac. We love you, Isaac. Uh, what, you know what we need to do? Have Isaac here with Uno in the same room. I think the universe would implode. Yeah. <laughs> there would be, as Marvel Universe calls it, an inversion. An incursion. Incursion. <laughs> A sublimation of universes. <laughs> All right. Now, we are going to talk about this new... New list that we're coming up with. Again. The moment you've all been waiting for. The reason you click this link. The best, most essential, hottest, sexiest, crispiest, juiciest, must-try restaurants in Los Angeles, yep. aka soon to be your city. Also known as the restaurant next door, because we're gonna we're, the restaurant next door. We're playing a little. We Chang and I have been talking about this for a while. In in an effort to encourage people. To not be so handicapped, to be so, uh, that sounds horrible, to be, to feel, to use the handicap, not to feel like you need the crutch of best of lists. We've been saying on this show for- Motherfucker, I can't believe you said that. I don't give a shit if that was a slip. That was terrible. terrible. Not to, not, I mean, handicap like a golf handicap, not like a a physical disability. But your original intent was probably very, very misguided. We've been saying- Go to the restaurant next door to the restaurant on the list. And just, and Chang and I, Chang came busting into my office today to say, we got to stop just talking. We got to double down on this because we're not saying this as a metaphor. Not only did I bust into (laughs) his office on a Chris Yang Zoom feature, you know, you can like, Set a background to back, blur the background. I was his background. <laughs> I have a uh, I have a very special Zoom feature where I click my background. And he just wanders around as I'm trying to have a serious call. We're gonna put our money where our mouths are. We're not joking about eat at the restaurant next door. We are going to determine our list of the best, most essential, hottest, sexiest, crispiest, juiciest, must try restaurants in Los Angeles and then beyond. By Doing practicing what we preach, like Mormon missionaries, we're going to do our job. <laughs> Much like Mormon missionaries, we will be traveling. We will be nomadically traveling. We're going to take a list of what? How many? How many restaurants you put on here? I got ten right here. Ten restaurants that are perennial list presences. You'll find these on any list of best of, most essential, sexy, great for groups, whatever, vegan friendly, Nashville hot restaurants uh, in Los Angeles. And we're going to go next door. And see what's up. We're going to go within a quarter mile of each of these restaurants. We're going to divvy this list up. And we're going to just try the restaurants that are not on every list in the hopes of finding and proving that there's more out there. And the last last caveat I want to say, and I think that's important, Chang, is these restaurants, we like all of these restaurants. These are all great places. This isn't about not going to them. It's just about seeing other things. And these guys wanted to focus on L.A. and I wanted to do New York. But, <laughs> but we live in L.A. <laughs> Where are you going to New York? Like, We're going to do New York. New York we'll, is so easy to do. I know. We're going to do New York next. We'll send, we'll form a crack team of uh, dum-dums in New York to go and do this for us too. All right. Chris saying terrible things about <laughs> Come on, man. needy people <laughs> and dum-dums. Okay. So this will be, 
This is also going to be Chris Yang's final episode of the Dave Jake Show. I'll be signing off after this. What do you have against dumb dumbs? Have- <laughs> Seriously. Okay, they can't help being stupid. <laughs> dumb dumb. Okay, that's almost dumb dumb. Way worse. Dumb dumb is not like a is not a worse. Not a recognized condition. <laughs> All right. You got your list. I got my list. I'm checking it twice. Um. So this list was actually kind of compiled as a composite of the list you'll usually see on like websites. So. Uh, hey, wait. Before we get into this. As a person who has been on the other side of of making this list, like what what do you think the general approach is to like a, a media outlet just crafting a list of ten restaurants? What is it actually? I'm not judging. I'm saying what is the actual practice? Yeah, I think it's it's like starts just the way that you and I would find a restaurant with word of mouth, right? It's like, hey, have you seen this place? Have you have you checked it out yet? You know, and then it's just like, you know, sometimes it comes in the form of a press release or someone influential went there. Do list so. makers look at other lists? Definitely. Yeah. 100%. That's yeah. like the real starting material. Right? Yeah, that's, yeah. That's the real that, starting material. For being real, it starts there. And it's like, oh, they put that on there? And if you don't have a, an opinion like right away, it's like, well, why even try it yet? Right? Like, so one might say these lists beget more lists, huh, Chang? <laughs> and there's a reason why there's uh, the same restaurants. Anyway. Anyway, so. Basically, we're trying to inject new DNA in this incestuous pool of restaurants. <laughs> Now, this is Dave's last episode of the Dave Ching Show as well. Welcome to the Eno Lee Show. <laughs> it's the last man standing over here. I think your support for the Korean president is going to get you out of here too, buddy. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm surprised I'm still here. Um, so, yeah, this is a composite of like a lot of different lists I pulled online, but also like ones that you'll see often and they're pretty, you know, pretty well known. But also I wanted to get a little bit of geographic spread uh, because this is kind of like a neighborhood. You kind of want to touch... As many LA neighborhoods as we can, Chris. All right. So, what do we got? All right. We're kicking it off with Anajak Thai, which is... This just, is 11, by the way. Is it 11? Oh, I think I need I need to pull one of the SGV ones. It's fine. Yeah. 11. Cares. Go ahead. Okay. And so we got Anajak Thai and Sherman Oaks. This is an arbitrary number anyway. <laughs> cares. 101, 132, How will we be able to say this is the crispiest, yeah. juiciest list? It's though. literally a roulette wheel. Who <laughs> cares? number on at the end. It's just like... Anajak Anajak Thai. Sherman Oaks. Sherman Oaks. Pija Palace in Silver Lake. Sichuan Impression in Alhambra. Mother Wolf. It's pronounced Alhambra. (laughs) We're not doing that. Alhambra. (laughs) So we got Isaac back on the podcast. Just to dispute. You get so bad, Isaac. (laughs) Alhambra. I love it so much. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Okay. Mother Wolf in Hollywood. And Naka in Palms. Like around Culver City. Uh, Jelena, 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 uh, in Venice, uh, Phnom Penh Noodle Shack in, in Long Beach. This is actually a pretty famous one in Long Beach. So, uh, Bestia downtown, but it's a pretty famous one in Long Beach, but I mean, to the point of this whole thing, it's also the only one I've heard of in Long Beach. Isn't that like, so that's the kind of the idea. And then when we had Javier on the show, he was telling me like, Oh, but you got to, I saw him this weekend. I, we, Chang and I were both invited to it. We we were invited to the Asada this weekend. Oh. Chang couldn't go. I went and he was, he was not kidding with the law. He was like, when are we going to Long Beach? Yeah. So he's, he's stumping. Um, but yeah, there's obviously a big Cam- Cambodian food, even like Thai food scene down there. So you got to check it out. Uh, Bestia. And then Parks Barbecue in Koreatown. Yang's Kitchen in Alhambra, which again, I need to pull one of these. And then of course, personal favorite, Mini Kebab in Glendale. So. Our, and I'm, I'm sure you don't, no, this I didn't ask you to, but none of these are already within a quarter mile of each other. <laughs> like none of these are like next door, right? This no, no, no. all over the yeah, place. Yeah, I, I made sure to get that spread. How do you want to divvy this up? You guys want to draft them? Okay. What's the time frame for this? Let's re- let's let's do this. Let's each have to report back on. So you have to go to one a month, basically. Okay. Let's say. Oh, that's awesome. And we'll we'll play it that way. I like this game. I'm gonna win. If this game is played correctly, we all win. <laughs> People are beginning to understand how we view the world. Playing, audience wins, can't guys. Play a game with this game. <laughs> <laughs> you got to turn it into a competition. Everything's a competition. Everything's Life a competition. is a competition. All right, Chang, it's your show. You pick first. Joe Chang's legacy wins. <laughs> <laughs> all right, pick first. 
I am going to choose because I know it. Um, Parks Barbecue. Okay, good. Because I was going to say that's ideal. What, for what, you what is the radius around? One quarter there? mile. Dude, so much goodness. That's, that's easy money. <laughs> One quarter mile. I'm going to stick to a similar vibe. And I'm going to go with are you going to take off one of these Alhambra ones? No, I'm keeping both. I'm going to take one of these two. Which one should I take? Yang's Kitchen. Probably. I'll take Yang's Kitchen. <laughs> because it's Yang's. It's going to be Yang's Kitchen now, <laughs> motherfuckers. <laughs> just kidding. Oh, I'm just kidding. Shout out Yang's Kitchen. You got another one you want? Or are we just going to give you know, the dregs? You know. Uh, I'll take the not pen, the Noodle Shack on Long Beach. You're welcome, everyone. We're all of it. We're gonna divvy it all. Oh, do you want? Just just start start with these three. You want to just start with these three? Okay. All right. So you want to let's say report or, or can I suggest that we do it all now because it's possible that we might be driving by a neighborhood and be like, oh, sure, shit. okay, let's oh, divvy it up. Right, let's divvy it right, up. Right, great, yeah. great, great, great. I'll take we'll take mini kebab. Sucker. No, wait. <laughs> it's too late. You already said it. Sky is cast. <laughs> fine, fine, fine. There's the other ones. I, that's, there's plenty on here for me to take. You might want to Glendale, dude. I am choosing Sichuan impression. Yeah, in sure. Alhambra. <laughs> I don't know which was, which, which was worse, Alhambra or Sichuan. <laughs> <laughs> All right, back to me again. No, Dave, two. No, two Dave, again. I am going to choose Bestia. And my, my team is complete. I'll do Ennaka. I'll do Silver Lake. I'll do Pija Palace. Right. Even though... None of us have been to Pizza Palace. Have you been to Pizza Palace? I haven't, I haven't been to Pizza Palace yet. <laughs> Wait, two, take take the other one. I'll take. What's let the give other me one? Anna Jack, then. I'll take, or no, 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 no. They're all selected now. Who's got Mother Wolf? Oh, except for Mother Wolf. Oh, that's right. Oh shit, there's Mother Wolf. But I can't take it back. Again, yeah, I can take you it back. Can take all it right. back. Chris, <laughs> thanks, Dave. <laughs> Such bullshit. This is this is the, the whole goddamn thing in a nutshell. <laughs> I can't take no take back for Chris. <laughs> All right, here are the results. We've got uh, Dave has Sichuan Impression in Alhambra, Parks Barbecue in Koreatown, and Yang's Kitchen. Uh, wow, you really just... Okay. I have Yang's Oh, you got Yang's Kitchen. Sorry. He's got Parks Bestia. Barbecue and Bestia. Sorry. Chris, you've got Anajak Thai, Pija Palace, Yang's Kitchen, and Mini Kebab. Why does Dave only have three? That is a good question. I think you have four? Yeah. We both have four. Yeah. How did I only get three? How did that happen? Yeah, it's amazing. Just take one of take one of the other ones. Take one of. We need twelve. There's, there's the reason why is because there's only twelve. Okay. Uh, one other neighborhood we haven't covered. Pasadena. Pasadena, but <laughs> don't give him all this gimmicks. Like, I have Glendale. That's fine. Okay, my, fine. Pasadena. What's, the, what's okay? Google best restaurant in Pasadena. This is how we're gonna play the game. Okay. Google best restaurant in Pasadena right now. No, Google best, best most essential. Most essential. <laughs> Hottest, <laughs> sexiest, crispiest, Google, juiciest, hottest, must try restaurant. Pasadena. You had to type in the whole thing. I did. <laughs> Sue Burek and Monta Factory. You know what's been? You know what's been all over these lists lately is Bar Chalu in Pasadena has been all over these lists Bar right Chalou. now. All I think right. you should just Bar Chalu. It's like an old. It's an old. It's by the, the it's theater. Place, it's yeah. by the theater in Pasadena. Right. Yeah, done. Oh, it's on Elmo. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to go to Houston's. <laughs> I think we should. Okay. You know what? We should have made it. Houston, no, no, no. I think it's totally fair to go to places you've been before. Uh, I think it's totally, totally, totally fair. I'm, in the spirit of it, I'm going next. I'm going to go to Houston's. It's in the. <laughs> so I'm going to try to find restaurants that no, everybody already knows. Totally. Totally <laughs> fair. Okay. Reverse service here. <laughs> <laughs> but so the game, so again, we're not just taking these restaurants as draft. And I want to emphasize one more time. This is, these are all great restaurants that you should patronize, but you don't need us to tell you to go to these restaurants. We're trying to find what else is out there. So quarter mile, any restaurant is game. I was going to propose like not written about, like it should be like someone that hasn't been covered in the spirit of breaking the algorithm, you know, like. And this is for the Jonathan Gold Badge. <laughs> the Jonathan Gold Badge. <laughs> and uh, we should have thought of this before, but if anybody wants to sponsor this, <laughs> we're doing it. <laughs> um, 
Awesome. So we'll report back in. When when do you think we can all get to the first one of these? Give give us all one month. Yeah, one month. A month. All right. Um, you just did a chat GPT. We also did a chat GPT top ten restaurants. Top list. ten restaurants for Los Angeles: Providence, Vespertine, Osteria Moza, Melis, Felix, Bestia, Spago, and Naka. I don't know this fucking place called Major Domo <laughs> and Republic. It's a good list. It's a very good list. I know, but this is the whole point. Literally, a robot could make you this list of restaurants. <laughs> <laughs> trying to create a little separation here. All right. All right. We have our we have our charges. Thank you, you know. Um, give us five stars. Um, we'll talk to you soon. <laughs>